It is Saturday, May 16th, 2020. I'm Kevin Williams. This is the LDS Live podcast. April Frampton is my guest. She also does fun facts and trivia, mostly about music. I listened to her latest trivia, and here is what I heard. She gives the artists, so she'll give an, an artist title, or she'll have a, someone name an artist and then a few songs by an artist that she'll play. For example, on May 15th, she, was, uh, she started playing an artist by, uh, or she started playing Tears for Fears. Then she gave uh, a fact about one of the songs, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, which gave Adam Lambert a, an American Idol Award. She also played Queen, Berlin, and Ozzy Osbourne. Also, she gave a very interesting fact about Queen, which we'll get into here in a few minutes. Bohemian Rhapsody peaked in 1992, and I just found this out on Wikipedia. It actually sold nine, or it actually sold one million copies in nine weeks back in 1975, and peaked at number nine back then, and then it reached its highest peak in 1992, thanks to the movie Wayne's World. Hi, April. How are you? Good. Thank you so much, Kevin, for having me on your podcast. Oh, absolutely. Let's uh, talk about fun facts and trivia. Um, I have to admit, I was actually impressed with your music knowledge. You knew about bands uh, like Mad Season, Good Charlotte, uh, some other bands that I had completely forgotten about. I'm, I was actually surprised that you knew about Mad Season because hardly anybody knew about them when they were out. Uh, what, what kind of, uh, how long does it take you to do research on one show? So I, so the show, so the show for today, um, that I, cause the, the thing, once I kind of get in that frame of mind that I'm doing research on these artists, I will actually pick a genre of music and then I will lay all the music out and then I'll probably sit there for a good 10 minutes and just stare at the music and start until I start getting inspired. Then I'll play some music. And once I start playing music, it takes me about two and a half hours to research all the information. So for instance, my genre of music is going to be more heavy metal, but there's actually um, today is going to be like heavy metal. But what's interesting is with the facts that I am giving are going to be, people are like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. I did not know that either. So I would say probably about two, two and a half hours that it takes me to research for one show um, of all the facts and trivia. And when I pick out a, like a year that I'm talking about, um, and I think the year that I'm talking about today is 1988. And I'll go back to the year of 1988 and I'll talk about films that have come out, TV, um, and what was going on in that year in history. And then Are I'll you go going right to play anything by song. Lita Ford or will I have to find out and listen to it to find that out? Yeah. Oh, yes. No, I am <laughs> playing. I, I am actually playing. So Lita Ford is my topic of conversation. So so people are starting to understand when I post on my story for fun facts and trivia, it has to do with the questions like my last one. What does Post Malone have to do with a vampire? What does Ozzy Osbourne have to do with graveyard? And so, yeah, the questions that I've got on there, I, I am actually um, talking about Lita Ford. And what's really interesting is her connection. So here's something for you, Kevin. And here's a fun fact and trivia that I'm going to go ahead and throw out there. The connection between Lita Ford, Ozzy Osbourne, and Ozzy Osbourne, and post. So this was in 19, I can tell you right now. So in 19, let me see. So the scene, so the year was 1988. This is her signature song, which is Kiss Me Deadly. Oh, yes. So here's the thing is. The connection between Lita Ford, Ozzy Osbourne, 30 years later, has resurfaced with Post Malone and Ozzy Osbourne. What does 30 years and today in 2019, or the year is 2019, what do they have to do together is what I will be talking about on Fun Facts and Trivia. (laughs) All right. We'll have to give it a listen. By the way, it comes on at 4 o'clock on Saturdays, uh, 4 o'clock Mountain, Wednesdays at 7.30 Mountain Time. Yes, that is correct. 
Yeah. Um, so it takes, so do you just write down a list of artists that you're going to play, let's say a day in advance or something, and then you spend two hours researching the songs and the artists? You know, I do. So I try to pick genres. And um, so I try to have every genre because, you know, somebody made a really good point. When I first started doing this, um, my genre is hard rock and heavy metal. Like we're talking, I listen to Slipknot in the car, but you know, and I love all kinds of music. Um, but, you know, somebody made a really good point that like not everybody likes that kind of music. So when I come with fun facts and trivia, I try to go across the decades with all kinds of music track. I mean, I'm going to be talking about an artist, a band from August 25th, 1976. I'm going to be talking about 1988. Um, I've also got 1988. I'm going to be talking about 1981. I'm going to be talking about the year of 2019, 2007, 2008, and ending on that note of 2010. Or no, excuse me, 2019. Okay. Now, um, now I noticed that you said earlier in this podcast that if somebody is out of state, you'll give them something else as opposed to in-state. Let's say Chick-fil-A. There's Chick-fil-A's all over the country. So would you give, if you're giving somebody a Chick-fil-A gift card, would you give that gift card to somebody like me that lives in Montana where there is a Chick-fil-A? So here's how it works. Because I have specific vendors that I have to be, that I have to do local giveaways. So usually when I do a fun facts and trivia, I'll, I'll get started going with like four or five, you know, trivia questions before I actually would do a giveaway. But then I'll say, you know, for my local people, because these gift cards that I have are for the Centerville Chick-fil-A. I did send one to Florida. I don't know if she can use it or not. So I, it's kind of silly to send something that someone can't use. So I would think she could. Well, I think she probably could, but I'm not 100% sure because it says this location only in Centerville on the back of the gift card. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. So generally, I try not to, unless it's going to be a generic gift card. Um, I don't get gift cards from businesses. I, I, uh, what I do is I have the person go in and actually pick up their gifts or gift card or font cake or whatever. But then I have sought out vendors that have physical products like Home Depot that I can send somebody in another state. I've got um, Mike's hand-blown glass, which is a hand-blown um, glass pendant that I've sent to people out of the state. So I will try to pick up a few more vendors that can give me physical products. And I've even got like a few beanies and like pins that I've actually sent somebody one of my beanies for the Hey Ape for my company. Um, because I'll, I'll have beanies and hats and shirts that at, when my company actually launches, I will also have those giveaways. And so I try to get physical product for people who are out of the state so that if I say, okay, guys, for this question, this is going to be for a Papa Murphy's Pizza located in Centerville, Utah. And remember the three fades still, that's $12. Um, I'll say, but if you win out of the state, then it will be Home Depot. So I'll put either or. And I've been able to kind of come up with that um, so that people out of the state can also win something. So this isn't just about a local winning. And that's why I started reaching out to vendors to give me products so I could actually send it to someone like yourself who is in Montana or Indiana, or I've sent several items to Florida. Okay. Yeah, I have to admit, your fun facts and trivia is very lighthearted. What do you think makes people want to listen or want to watch fun facts and trivia? Is it just that? It's a very lighthearted program. It's entertaining. Because as I was listening to prepare for the podcast, I thought I could listen to this whenever it's on. Well, you know, and that's the thing is, is that, and you know, as I'm doing this, like I got a, a thing from Sony Music today that said, you know, part of your video is muted. So I know that I'm playing music that is copyrighted. I know I'm playing music that I have not got okayed from the artist. And I know that part of my videos will get shut down. So I'm going to actually put a disclaimer up above my video today. And I say, I'm going to say this at the very beginning. 
but when I started doing this, I just had been listening to the news and heard all this stuff, this gloom and doom. And I am like, I am not going to be that person. What I want people to do is to come to my show and it to be fun for them, to be enjoyable. I'm doing giveaways from all these companies. I want me, I want me to be that personality that people come and enjoy themselves. And it's just fun. It's entertaining. It doesn't have anything to do with politics. It has nothing to do with COVID because in our everyday lives, we have enough to, to be sad about. Like why come to a program? And, and here's the thing is, and I know what I'm doing is kind of unique because I've watched people that I've been following for, you know, say a year and they've been talking about say health and nutrition stuff or energy healing or whatever. And then they start putting all these politics, all these political banters, their views, all of this stuff. Then they start sharing stuff about Bill Gates, you know, Bill Gates or whatever. And I'm like, nope, nope, nope. I am not going to be that person because like you hear it. If you want to go to hear that to the radio or to the news or to somebody else's page, awesome. Great. Me? No, I'll never be that person because I want people to come and like what they, what I'm doing and have a following but it has nothing to do with about what's going on other than I'm giving rock and roll trivia. I'm giving film trivia, radio trivia, and it's just fun. It's, it's a really fun way to connect. And you know, what people are sending me, they're like, you know what, April, this is the best part of our week. We can't wait till Wednesday. We can't wait till Saturday. It's so fun to come on here and I make it, I think I engage enough with people that they feel like they're here with me, that I'm present with them. Like they can identify, like, I don't feel like I'm just talking to my phone. I feel like I'm actually talking to a big group of people sitting in a room and we're just playing like, name that tune. And that's the way I think that I've set my, my platform up that when people come on, they don't really feel like I'm not, I'm not really there with them because I'm just reading comments and I'm interacting with people and I'm laughing and I'm sharing the comments and, you know, people will say like, for instance, I've got somebody on there and they're like, good job to the winner. Good job to so-and-so good job. Oh, I'm so happy that they won. So you've got this whole group of people that are all over the country that are bantering back and forth with hundreds of comments of people that are playing along fun facts and trivia. And when I, and when I have a new viewer that pops on, I'm like, Hey guys, so-and-so, or I just want to give a shout out to, you know, if you guys are just jumping on, let me tell you a little bit about fun tracks, fun facts and trivia. And so all throughout my thing, I will re-explain myself because I pay attention. When I have a new viewer, I will immediately stop what I'm doing, acknowledge the new person, and they are impressed with that. And I explain to them what fun facts and trivia are and what they can get if they win. Yeah, I've noticed that uh, you'll say, I'd like to give a shout out to Lindsay from Las Vegas. Does it say on the Facebook, on your Facebook feed, where they're from when they sign on? Um, you know, no, I'm actually getting to the point where I have enough followers and people who are tuning into me on, I'm, I'm getting like actually a following of people that tune into me every Wednesday and Saturday. And I know where they are from because I remember. So, yeah, okay. and I think people are impressed by that, that I actually remember them. And I mean, I've had people that I'm like, Hey, I want to give a shout out to my friend from Australia. I want to give a shout out to my friend from France. I mean, this isn't just like I'm here locally. Like I've I've got people popping all over the country, and even if I like, even if they are um, like somebody who is in another state, like I gave a shout out to a record company clear in New York a week ago, and gave their website information. Okay, now uh, how do people find out about uh, fun facts and trivia? Is it mostly word of mouth, or how have people found out about it? Because you've got people logging in from all over the country. You know, um, so basically, when I first started this, I just started coming out and saying fun facts and trivia, and then people will go to my Facebook, and then as I've been out promoting and doing stuff for the companies, I tell other people to follow me at my Facebook for fun facts and trivia. And so I've been getting a following from all over. And I think because people that are following me are telling other people in other states to hop on and they tell other people. And so, um, you know, because I've been keeping it um, just on my Facebook 
And the thing that I've been doing is keeping it simple. Like when I do a giveaway, it's not like I'm saying, hey, go ahead and share this and tag five people. Like when people follow me, honestly, with my, when I say the grassroots style of marketing, everything that I'm doing is really pretty old school from the music to what I'm doing that anybody can join on, on any age and, and enjoy themselves. And what I'm follow and what I've noticed is that, um, they're starting to, um, like, like my, when I do my post and Hey, follow April Frampton. And then they tell their page and then other people share it on their page. Plus when I'm doing all these business stuff, people, I'm getting so many hashtags and so many business that when I make a video, they're sharing it on their page and then they're noticing my fun facts and trivia. They'll add me as a friend and then they start following me. Okay. Now do, do you know, do you have any people outside of the U S watching yet? Or do you know, maybe someone oh, in I Canada do. or, Oh, okay. I do. I have people from, I have, so right now as it stands, I have a Utah, I have a, like, a, a like in, I would say like over the, across the United States, I have a, a, a pretty decent following and now I'm starting to get a following from, I mean, I've got a lady who follows me from Poland. I've got people who follow me from Italy, France, Australia. Um, I've had people from New Zealand. I've had people, I've had, I had a guy from my brother from Turkey gets on quite frequently and asks a lot of questions. I've got a guy from Bangladesh. I had a guy who was uh, Afghanistan, I think, because where he was at, he was military. Um, that's just like, they're not even on my Facebook. They're just following me because all, like people will see my story. And every time I do a story, so on my story, on my stories alone, I mean, I will get anywhere from 60 to 40 to maybe 60 views just on my story. And if I do two things on my story that it's interesting enough that I will notice that I get new people on my story that will add me as a friend every single day and every single week. I'm getting new people adding me every single week as friends on Facebook. One thing that I think is interesting is you do seem to have a story behind each song. What I think would be interesting is if you did more <laughs> of your personal stories with the songs. For example, I've noticed you do a lot of... Uh, Older music, old school music, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so you could say, here's Ozzy Osbourne, see you on the other side. Here's a memory I have, or here's the memory I have when I first heard this song. Have you thought about going that route on occasion? You know, I do. I, I do have a lot of personal interaction, and um, I leave it open for people to ask me questions. But then I, so, I start noticing I get viewers who will drop off. Um, because I, I try to keep it really even flowing, like people so that I will keep the same amount of viewers on because once I start talking, like I, I try to throw a, a spin of my own personal, like telling stories, I immediately started getting viewers popping off. So I think if, um, you know, like I, I, I'm a storyteller because I'm a filmmaker so I really try to engage people by a personal nature by me. And I started doing this in the very beginning. I gave my personal experiences. Um, if, I'm working, if I'm talking about an actor that I've worked with, I will tell about a personal experience. Like today, I'm going to give a personal history of Lita Ford and what the significance is. And um, I'm going to be talking about uh, Motley Crue and 6 a.m. and, what the, and um, the, uh, the basis in, it's, he's, it's called 6 a.m., actually has a, a very successful production company that they do a lot of props for films. So I give knowledge that people have no idea about. So yeah, I mean, I, I gauge my personal level of what I talk about with people by the, the comments that I'm getting. And if I'm getting a really good stream of comments with people interacting with the music and I'm doing this, I will go with my gut check on what I should be saying and not saying, because if I start going into too much personal information with people and keeping it, um, I, I kind of lose the viewers a little bit. So I really, um, you know, I, I'm still kind of doing trial and error, but I, I feel confident enough in what I'm doing and in my ability to keep it fun and to keep it. And I think people are really appreciative that I acknowledge them when they come on and I remember where they're from. Like that's, a, that, 
that comment has been told to me over and over again. Yeah, well, it's definitely a very lighthearted show. And I keep hearing, I, I used to hear that Facebook will replace regular television. I don't know that I believe that. But it's interesting how people such as you, I, I guess we could take this as a positive. Uh, people like you have figured out ways to be innovative during the coronavirus. And I have told people on occasion, as much as I have my own opinions about the coronavirus and what it's doing politically, I keep telling people maybe we will see some new normals that will be positive. Do you think that's the case in spite of all that's happening, in spite of the fact that I think this is being very politicized? Do you think we will see some positive new normals once this is over? Oh, absolutely, Kevin. And I'm glad you bring this up because, you know, a, a lot of the people that have inspired me through the years are not just music artists. I mean, that's kind of my persona, kind of a rock and roll metalhead. I mean, that's just kind of my, my, what people see me as. I love horror films. I love rock and roll. But, you know, when I think back to like, um, you know, in the early years of like the eighties and even being a kid, you know, I go back to Carol Burnett and her variety show. And if you look at all of my fun facts and trivia times over the period of time, I have done everything where I have dressed up. I dressed up in costume. I have wore wigs. I have changed my style. I wear different band t-shirts. So in a sense, I'm actually creating a new norm for a variety show. I really am creating a yeah. variety show. I'm, I mean, I'm producing a variety show. And aside from what I'm doing, you know, I gave myself five weeks, five weeks to see what kind of insanity, why this crazy idea that I came up with this fun facts and trivia. Um, I honestly did not have any idea, like now we'll say six weeks ago, what this would turn into. All I did was just try to come up with my love of rock and roll and film and television, turn it into something to kind of help these businesses. But what I've actually done is I've created a huge following I've created a um, people who religiously get on Wednesday. Every time I do a live remote, I can tell you, I, I can tell you at least 10 people who will hop on every live remote I have. That's 10 religious people, whether it's during the day, whether it's at night. Now, when you I say mean, religious people, you're talking about people who watch your show religiously. Yeah, not religiously. Yeah. Religiously. Yeah. Um, that will hop on. And I'm beginning to notice that the same people are popping on that are following me every time I get onto a live Facebook. And that's pretty impressive because six weeks ago, I would have never thought of this in a million years. And now that I'm kind of looking at the, the full scope of this, I'm like, wow, this is kind of cool. So I'm trying to keep the variety there. I'm trying to keep it lighthearted. I'm trying to keep it fun. Um, when people come there, they're like, oh, man, is April going to be dressed up today? What kind of wig is she going to wear? What kind of rings is she going to have? And I have people who come on, on everything from my band T-shirts to my skull rings to my baseball hats to my beanies. And the, the thing is, is most of the stuff that I wear is, is, a, is I'm promoting for a company, whether it's a band, whether it's a local vendor, whether it's a face mask or whatever. Most of the stuff that I wear is actually, I'm giving a shout out to a local company or a local person, or I'm supporting a company, even for my, my, my pins that are all on my jacket. And I think that's what people, what entices people about my, about what I doing, because I'm creating a look that people kind of expect me to be in front of the camera, whether I'm doing a live remote or fun facts and trivia, like I don't change across the board. And in fact, I, I have people who comment go, Oh my gosh, Ape, I love your hat. I love your, I mean, I want to know where you got your shoes. Where did you get those band t-shirts? Like I've had this for so many years that if I started changing what I'm doing, I kind of change who I am. And so I've kept this persona for such a long time, years. Like, I, I mean, people are like, you know, I don't know you to be any different. Like that guy that said, I worked with you 15 years ago and you are exactly the same as you are now as you were 15 years ago. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe I was wearing heels, but generally, no, I didn't change a thing that I'm doing. Yeah, and that's uh, very authentic. Um, let me ask you this, and then uh, I'll ask you some final questions. Okay. Um, 
do you do you see yourself negotiating let's uh, let's say uh the chick-fil-a incident where you have a chick-fil-a card that is specific to a springville location or whatever and obviously you can't give that person to an out of state it may or may not work do you see yourself negotiating with the corporate bosses of Chick-fil-A or any of these places where you'll say, oh, this gift card will work at any Chick-fil-A or Popeye's chicken, whatever, across the whole country. Do you see a day like that coming? Um, yes. Um, so this is, this is my plan. And I actually had this conversation um, with somebody just this last week. So my feeling is this, is that as I grow my, my database, my consumer will grow. So, and I'm going to start reaching out to companies. Like once I get my platform, my website, I'm not going to be just like, I don't have to just specifically go to a local, like a local, like right now my focus is helping these local businesses. But if I have a business that's online out of Arizona or Vegas and I'm helping promote their company from that standpoint. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like for instance, I, I, uh, so beans and brew, which is here in Utah, I just realized today they are a local based company. I will reach out to them next week, let them know what I'm doing and say, look, you know, I would love to do some promotions. So, you know, it's not a Starbucks, but I mean, the, the thing is, is that like home Depot that I'm giving giveaways. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. They're a national vendor. I can send product to them. You know, a lot of the people, like a lot of these companies are not giving me gift, like they're not giving me gift cards, but they're giving me physical product. But yeah. the thing is, is I'm promoting for national companies. People know about Chick-fil-A are all over. So that's when I'm, you know, upping the ante because of what I'm doing for these local businesses. I mean, you give me another month, even another couple months. And the comment that was made to me from Nothing Bunk Cakes is the, the corporate office, because so a lot of these companies, even though they're at a national chain, they're individually owned because they're franchised, okay? So what was told to me through Nothing Bunk Cakes, and this was just last week, Sean said, you know, technically I'm not employed by Nothing Bunk Cakes. What I'm doing, I'm taking upon myself, I'm promoting them, I realize that, because they are getting a shout out like 12 times a week, okay? But what's, what's being noticed is, is not for one second. And I, am I not being noticed at a national level because the national company or the corporate company called Sean here in Bountiful and said, okay, what is going on out there in Utah? Every time we see like all these posts every single week, they're like, you guys are killing it out there. What the heck are you doing? Well, Sean, this was the owner of nothing bunt cakes. So the corporate, so the corporate level, which is in another state, wherever they're located. Oh, okay. Me, yeah, called Sean here, the owner of the of Bunk Cakes here in, in uh, Bountiful, Utah, and said, "What are you guys doing out there in Utah?" Because when they're looking all over social media and nothing, Bunk Cakes is popping up everywhere, and people are doing all these shout-outs to them. They're like, "What is going on?" So they are paying very close attention to what I'm doing because not only me, not only are these local companies getting the local exposure, now I'm le I'm going into a a national exposure from what I'm doing for all these companies because they're getting so much notoriety from around the country. So you have all these winners that I'm sending to, you know, back in Louisiana back in Texas, back in this place. Well, then the word gets out in these places of what this, this, this person, meaning me, out in Utah are doing. You better believe I will be getting companies that will be reaching out to me on a, more, um, on a much bigger scale because what I'm doing right now is setting a platform to make my company grow into a much bigger, bigger picture than what I've got right now. And I've got three, let's see, I've got three things on the table. One is fundraising. One has to do with concerts. And then I've got a third thing, but I'm kind of fine tuning that, that as that kind of uh, comes together, I will, ox I will um, be promoting on a much bigger, bigger scale. 
But what's not going to change, Kevin, is when I'm working with the small companies, I'm always going to keep the mom and pops, the, the, the small business mentality. Just because I'm going to grow doesn't mean that I'm going to change my platform. And that's what companies have asked me. They're like, well, you know, are you going to, you know, like pricing and stuff? And I'm like, no, because this is, this is why I want to be unique to the market because I've, I, I will always be the voice for the little guy down the street that I will go to bat for them, for their business. And I will stand up for them and I will always do what's right. And I had a, 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 an owner of a company on my first, probably my second fun facts and trivia on there. They did a shout out to me and they said, April, I love what you are doing for small businesses. And I'm getting this from all around the country of people that are following me because with, without making a political statement, I really am making a political statement because I'm going against the grain of what these, of the political of small businesses that they want to destroy. Like I'm doing something that nobody else is doing. <clears throat> and that's why people are noticing what I'm doing. That to the point, I'm going to be on the radar of a lot of people because I told this kid yesterday, my goal is to be an educator, to teach other business owners how to do what I am doing and actually hold classes and to teach other businesses exactly what I'm doing as the things that work, the things that don't work, the things that I'm doing, the things that I'm not doing as I'm cutting out, um, business owners will really appreciate that, that just because something didn't work or somebody didn't agree with me or something didn't, it's, it's all a part of the platform of learning for me. And I will have figured this out so that a business can thrive and be more successful in their own business by me creating opportunities for businesses and people and vendors. Yeah. Uh, a couple of questions I want to ask since this is an LDS live podcast. Um, okay. When I first met you, um, you did not seem like the typical LDS person. And as I've gotten to talk to you over the weeks, uh, I do like you as a person. And I'm not just saying that because you're on the podcast. Uh, I genuinely do. What kind of a response do you get when you tell a lot of especially maybe conservative mothers out there that you like heavy metal or you even like bands such as Slipknot, Linkin Park, Five Finger Death Punch? What's the reaction? You know what? I love this. I love this question. And I will be, um, you know, it's really funny, Kevin. And I think even from the way that I dress, I mean, in the very beginning of time, even when my kids were young, um, I think it put a lot of people really like they didn't have any idea like how to take me because they just had this perception. And then when people got, when people get to know me and really like, um, my, my religious views, really do influence and pl the platform of what I do every day, like being honest, having integrity, like not being something that you're not. But I think um, the, the appreciation that I've got over the years of, you know, working with many, um, you know, the, the one thing that I, I learned when I moved, um, we, we were in a location and when we moved to our first home down here in Farmington, Utah, um, I learned a lot from women <laughs> And people that were very, um, I want to say, kind of very conservative, very, um, you know, religious based. And I thought, oh my gosh, I will never be accepted because I'm, I'm that different mom. I'm that person that people look at. And I didn't feel like I fit in because generally in, in this culture, I've never fit in. I've always been that mom that never fit in. I didn't fit into play dates. I didn't fit into this, but in the same token, I've also given a lot of people hope because they look at me and they're like, oh my gosh, this is a mother of three and here she is going to a metal concert. But my thing is, is I don't do anything different with my family. I don't do anything different when I meet people. I'm the same person. I, I'm, I don't change for anything. But I've also taught my kids to be true to who you are, follow a good like basis, Christian, just be good people in general. So I love that to be that one person that is the underdog for so many people who feel like 
because I have this shirt by a band called the Misfits and I wear it proudly because I'm like, essentially, aren't we all kind of misfits? Like we don't feel like we fit in. And I feel like I have been that person that has given somebody a hope because there's two words I use purpose and hope. If you lose your purpose, you lose your hope. But if you create a purpose, you will find hope. And those two words I don't use lightly, but I feel like the, in the early years, I felt like, you know, I kind of felt like I lost a little bit of hope, but I mean, with doing these fun facts and trivia, um, I created a purpose for myself. And so to answer your question, yeah, I mean, I definitely get, you know, cause I mean, I've got skull rings and I definitely do not look like your typical LDS faith-based mother, but that's what I love. I, I don't want to, I, I will never fit into a box and that's my marketing style. I don't fit into a box. It's interesting that you mentioned that because uh, as you gave your answer, I'm reminded of a friend that I have. He used to be my neighbor down in uh, Salt Lake, mm-hmm. in West Jordan. And I can say West Jordan because I used to broadcast from my Kevin cave in West Jordan. That was an idea from uh, somebody that I knew a while back. But anyway, <laughs> Since I don't have a Kevin Cave anymore, I can't say that. But anyway, um, yeah, when I was broadcasting, when this podcast originated, I was broadcasting from my Kevin Cave in West Jordan, Utah. And during that time, I had a neighbor slash friend who, when he told me what kind of music he liked, I was shocked because he listened to Metallica he even liked a lot of uh, Lincoln Park, and this was a guy that was an engineer, and now mm-hmm. he's the CEO of a company living down in Utah County, but he's, uh, or, yeah, well, uh, he lives a little bit away from West Jordan. I don't want to give his location, but he lives uh, past West Jordan. Anyway, mm-hmm. he listens to uh, Lincoln Park. In fact, uh, one day he picked me up as I was walking home, and we were listening to some R&B. I think Bobby Brown was on the radio. I'm sure you remember him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He said uh, this guy was – he's probably about 10 years younger than my dad, maybe 15 years younger, somewhere around there. He said, I'll bet your dad doesn't listen to this, does he? And I said, no, absolutely not. And this guy, let's see, this is back in 2008. I would have been 28. He would have probably been probably late 30s, early 40s. And it was interesting. Do you think that there are people who look and act like your typical LDS mom, very conservative? Maybe they are at heart. But do you think they actually do like the same kind of music that you like? Have you noticed that in your interactions with people? You know, that's funny. I I was actually just thinking of two things. So, yes. So in my dealings with people, I I actually, this is funny because that you say this. So um, there's certain areas that like gas stations or whatever. And there's a, there's a gal that works at this gas station and I, I go in there quite, quite often. And one day I'm in there and she looks at me and she was like, can I just tell you something? She goes, I love your style of clothing. She goes, you're always in black. And I said, yeah, that's kind of my thing. And she's like, you dress the way I would love to dress. You, you dress like my soul filled. And she goes, you know, I can't dress like that, but you do like, and I've had other people say, you wear your art on your sleeve. Like my pins, my band t-shirts, they all mean something. They've either been given to me by my kids. I mean, for Mother's Day, my kid, Jake, my son who goes to concerts with me, are, it's, I mean, I will never get rid of any of my band t-shirts because most of the time they've given, they, they give me for Mother's Day. My son ordered me skull bands for Mother's Day. I mean, so, I mean, people just know this is kind of my persona. And then the, the other thought is, is that, you know, with my Facebook page, um, you know, when, when this whole thing started, I was just kind of trying to come up with positive ways for people to think outside of the box. So I, I started doing these challenges and two challenges that I did was one was go ahead and I posted a picture of myself and I said, go ahead and share your talents. And then I did this on all my fan pages, like as like Kiss and Metallica and Hellstorm and all of this. So what happened was, is for a week and a half, I lost, I lost count at 600 comments. 
I had posts all over, but on my Facebook page, what was happening is people were getting out of their comfort level. They're like, well, when I was in high school, I used to play the drums or I used to sing and I would encourage these people. And I'm talking to in the comments, commenting on people's like talents instead of people were getting out of their comfort levels and they're like, you know what? I'm really glad you did this because it got people out of their everyday lives, out of their comfort zone. And I think my personality, like for instance, when I'm going into these businesses and they have no intention of like really coming up with any kind of a discount, I'm like, okay, so what kind of a discount are you giving me? I'm making these people get out of their comfort zone and doing things that they don't feel comfortable doing. And I think that's what I do in life in general. Like I'm not, I don't live to fit into making me feel comfortable with things all the time. Like I'm not afraid to do things that make me feel, you know, like I feel insecure about or that I don't feel comfortable doing. But I'm also not afraid to try something. And if it fails, it doesn't mean I'm a failure. It just means I need to figure out a different option. And I think people look at that. And I think people see the way that I dress and this. And they're like, I wish that I could do what April does. Or I wish I could do this. But my comment to them is, is I'm like, well, why don't you? Like, why do you worry about? Because my, my whole mindset, Kevin, is just this. I don't worry about what people think. because. I like if somebody whispers or says something about me or, you know, didn't agree with my mother and like my son, <clears throat> when he was younger, we had a lot like during the teenage years, I didn't think I was going to make it. But if I had done what everybody told me to do, it would have never worked out. It would have been a disaster. And even my, you know, they'll come to me and like, mom, you know, why didn't you do this? And I said, look, I let them dress the way that they wanted to be. I wanted them to be who they were. Like my job as a, like as, as a parent was to lead them, guide them, give them a good value structure. But I certainly was not going to dictate like their style. And that's kind of my philosophy of life. I don't want to dictate. I, I want to help somebody get out of their comfort level. Yeah. Well, uh, last few questions here. Uh, by the way, what I'm going to do, just so you know, is I'm going to divide this podcast up. I will uh, put the whole podcast out there, but then I'll okay. divide it up and then put the fun facts and trivia because I think that's really what's uh, what's the highlight here. Uh, okay. And then I'll put that. So eventually when people go to the podcast feed, they will find that the fun facts and trivia is at the top and then the whole entire podcast because uh, that way, because I've gotten complaints, oh, this podcast is too long. Well, yeah, but, so I think we'll divide it up. But anyway, uh, what, I, I guess you have been LDS your whole life, but you didn't, weren't active until your teenage years or something like that? You know, yeah. Um, so my family um, technically was, I, I mean, I was born into the LDS faith, um, but as far as my family goes, I'm, nobody really went to church. So it, as a kid, I would, I would go to church by myself. And I just remember I was probably, pro I would say probably in like going into about junior high and the friends that I hung around that were uh, of the LDS faith, I just remember thinking to myself back then thinking that there was something about these friends or something about these people that was just always there. Like it was a very appealing to me and I didn't know really what it was. And I think growing up because my, my family, you know, really didn't do a whole lot of religious, you know, we didn't have prayers. We didn't have scriptures. I mean, I didn't really, I, I didn't even really know much about the missionary. I didn't even know what, you know, I didn't know anything about the temples. I mean, it wasn't until I actually got into my early twenties and I got, you know, we, we have a, the patriarchal blessing, but even then when I got it, I just felt like it was just all really weird to me. Like I, I just did not understand the church. I really could not comprehend like, you know, this whole temple thing. And I'm just like, I don't get it. But what I, what I always went on was this. I didn't really understand. And I, I think that I, I think even as a kid, I've always been a really pretty um, blunt person and been over the top. And I remember sitting in Sunday school and asking probably not the most appropriate questions, but I didn't find them inappropriate. I just asked them because I'm like, I wanted to know I was a curious kid. Um, 
So I think that the friends that were, you know, raised in a really LDS environment, very. Do you remember the question that you asked? Um, yes, I, I wanted to know. Um, I do remember, you know, I, it was about it was about God. And I was just like, you know, when the world was formed and I'm like, OK, well, if you're talking to God and like, but where did he come from? Like, where did the world come from? And I can remember putting this, this Sunday school teacher on the spot and asking her these really detailed questions because they were very kind of almost, um, she felt like I was like coming at her, but I kept asking her a series of these questions about, well, you know, okay, so let's go back to the beginning of time. Well, where did this develop and where did this come from? And I said, well, I understand that the church has made these rules with Joseph Smith, but why? I would ask a lot of why questions. And there was a few questions that were stumped and it made the teacher really, really uncomfortable. Like she thought that I was being rude, <laughs> but I wasn't, I was just a curious kid, but you know, I would leave, I would leave, I would leave the church or I would leave Sunday school and I would walk out of there thinking, what the heck? And the, the problem is, is, I lived in a home, we didn't read scriptures, we didn't pay tithing, we didn't have family home evening, we didn't do any of that stuff, so I didn't really have anything, anybody to ask, and I think at the time, I wasn't mature enough to really, like, go to other people's home and ask a question. I just remember, it wasn't really the question, but it's just how I felt when families that were doing all these things, and sometimes I remember being, you know, a young kid, I'm feeling kind of bad, because you know, they would do these, these things that they teach in, you know, church and the LDS faith. And I would religious, I mean, I would be very religious in my actions. Not that I, not, but, you know, just going to church every Sunday. I went to primary every Sunday. I went to these um, young, young women and I got really heavily involved. I would do, you know, be a part of the single adults. And I was probably that one single adult that everybody looked at because I didn't do things like the LDS, like a typical LDS person, because I always acted like a convert, like I wasn't a part of the church and I would ask off the wall questions. And I think people really appreciated it, but I also think I offended people because I would ask really blunt questions about the church. And I think I remember asking temple, like questions about the temple and it wasn't even up until I was going to get married and go through the temple. Um, I really didn't even know anything about it. And when I went through the temple, I'm like, are you kidding me? What is going on here? I, I'm just because it was so odd to me. And I, I didn't grow up with that. So I was always looking at the church as an outsider, like looking in another state when you're around members, that there's not a lot of the faith. I was that person that I was around members all the time and I didn't fit in because I didn't grow up with it. Yeah. So what kept you going back to church? Because obviously you would have had reasons to be offended and just not go. No one in your family would have given you flack about it, obviously. Oh, no. Made you keep going. No. And in fact, when my family um, actually found out, like, so I have, you know, it's kind of a his, ours and their family. When they found out I was engaged to my husband that I've been married 30 years, um, they tried very, very hard to not get me to get married. They did not want me to go to the temple. Like that was not on their radar. And being a mother, that was never even talked about. Like motherhood was like a, was like a, like a curse word. And so the thing that I, I think it was just a feeling of how I felt. Like when I would go to friends' house, that they were, you know, like doing all this stuff. And then when I would, you know, because you used to have mutual that you would have like in the middle of the week. And I just remember, like, I would always look forward to that middle of the week. And then when I started joining the activities of the single adult groups, and I had a few of these single adult leaders and primary teachers that basically took me under their wing and really kind of showed me like, they, they, I don't know, it's kind of weird. Like they really cared about me. They, they, they had my best interest at heart and they really showed me something that I really wasn't used to getting at my own home. And so I just remember that feeling of how I felt at, at, at going to, you know, cause I remember 
being pretty young and I had gone to a friend's church and we were sitting in sacrament and it was the, one of those old churches that had a bench and they were passing the sacrament. And I remember taking that sacrament at that moment. And I was probably maybe 10 at the time. And I'm just thinking back to this moment, but I got this really overwhelming calm feeling. I took the sacrament because I, they had passed the bread, they had passed the water and I got a really peaceful calming sense. And this was probably about the age of 10. And, um, when, so my real mom, who my real, uh, my real dad that I've only met twice in my life, um, wanted me to be baptized Catholic and I wasn't baptized till later on. Um, I think I was actually 10. Maybe that's why the like 10 kind of stuck out in my head. Cause I wasn't eight when I got baptized, I was older, but I just remember that feeling that when I got baptized, and I remember that feeling when I took that sacrament back when I was a kid that I could not explain what that feeling was, but it was just such a, a, a calm feeling. And then it happened again over and over again. And as I started really understanding, like talking about the Holy Ghost and, you know, like, I mean, it wasn't until my early 20s that I even I knew what a patriarchal blessing was. I mean... You know, and I, I remember when I, when I married into my husband's family, that is very, you know, they've always, they've raised their family, very LDS, very conservative. And when I, when I was date in the dating pattern of being in the family and they were doing all these things. And I know sometimes I would probably like ask really stupid questions, but I really just didn't understand it. Like I, I didn't understand a lot of the things about the church and I, and I know that they seemed, and the thing that my mother-in-law said, she goes, you know, April, she goes, even though that you were an adult, like your views of things were almost like childlike because I don't like, I just look at it as the same, same thing. And something struck out to me that, that I will always remember this moment um, for years. In fact, 16 years, I taught primary and I had worked. So I had had nieces and nephews or a couple of nephews that had disabilities that I had, I've worked with dis with kids with disabilities for years as part of, you know, things that I've done. But I remember setting in primary and they were leading the kids in, in a song. And then at the very beginning, when they talk about like doing the songs from the article of faith, it hit me like nothing has ever hit me before. And this is just a, like a couple of years ago. And I mean, I'm talking, I'm that I have like now grown children, but what I realize is that children at a barely, very, very early age, like in the church, we start teaching children about missionary work and service and compassion and humility as young as when they come into sunbeams, even when they are in nursery from the age of like 18 months all the way up that, that these children are old enough to understand. And we as teachers and as parents, we are just reiterating what we've been learning all along. I do have a son that has gone on a mission. He went to, to the Dominican Republic, but he didn't start preparing when he was 18. He's been preparing since he's been three years old. And that's what really kind of stuck out to me that even though I felt that maybe I didn't really understand a lot of the church, their teachings and the guidelines, even the word of wisdom that has been taught over the years, there's been many times when I may not, not have heard something at that moment, but in the scriptures and when you're doing stuff and you're teaching people, you will, oh, if you, if you are listening with your heart and you're, you're ready to hear something, you will hear when you are ready. If you are, you know, if you're mad or you're like in a bad place or you've got a, your heart is hardened, like you won't hear anything. Like the Lord is always there to extend his hand. And that was a pretty harsh, um, kind of a reality check for me. Like when I questioned my sanity as a mother, questioned myself and, you know, what I realized, these are the, the, this is the adversary putting these thoughts into your head. Like I've never really changed what I've done, but I've also had the guided hand, even when I was a young kid and getting into teenager and then moving into my twenties and thirties, um, I was never alone. And I think more than more importantly is just that that term you're never alone um you always have someone to rely on it just depends on where your heart and your head is are you willing to listen
Yeah, and what do you like? I assume that you're still an active member of the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, correct? Uh, yes. Yeah. And what do you like most about being a member of the church? What I love most about the mem- being a member of the church is I love the value system. Like, even if you don't agree with everything across the board, which a lot of times I know over the years that I have been that rebellious person that has disagreed with things because I thought that I knew best, but really just the general platform that the church has built between food storage, getting your finances in order. Oh, gosh, I think we can uh, all relate to that at this time, can't we? Yeah, and I mean, I'm like, and I had this conversation with my daughter. I'm like, you know what? Even if you don't follow every guideline of the church, they are, that's what they are. They are general guidelines. And now if you look at the way that people are going, I mean, the people in the LDS faith, I mean, yeah, we've had hardships on, on just like everybody else in the COVID, you know, the COVID state of mind. But if, if we had followed the guidelines, that the, the basic guidelines the church has set, with our food storage. I mean, it's times like this when they've said for 30 years, get your finances in order, get your food storage in order, make sure you have plenty of water. It is for times like this so that what we have witnessed on the media, in, in the, on the TV, of mass hysteria of people going to the grocery store and turning into crazy people and fighting over toilet paper and essential things. And then what happens is, is the people like, say an elderly person who may not be able to do that, they go without. But because if we had done what the church had said in the beginning, we should have enough to take care of ourselves. And if we have to share, we have a little extra because that is what the humanitarian and compassion and service that our church teaches. And, you know, and I hear this all the time that people that don't really know like any political or religious affiliation with me, because I don't like, broadcast it but i have all the time and even my own family members my sister has said who doesn't go to church she is not raising her her she's a single mom raising two girls but the one thing that she has said she goes april there is a glow about you and there is something different and this is the conversation that i've had with my son i said look if if you're doing something that is right and you want to show compassion and service, you don't need to cram your religious political views down someone's throat. It is about doing. It is not about talking. Set by example. Absolutely. And that's kind of, I think that's how I lived my life. To be that, that sums it up right there. What I do every day in and out is set by example, not by just talking about it. Do you have a calling in the church? And if so, what I, is it? Um, yes, I, I'm a, I'm a primary teacher. I teach, the, oh. see, I've been a primary teacher for, I mean, off and on for probably 16, 17 years. And there was a time that they didn't even really have a calling, but my nephew was in who has autism. Um, they made a special calling for me to help him. And then there was another little guy who was on the autism spectrum that I did one-on-one teaching with to help these little guys. And so that became my focus. And so people would come up and they're like, we love what you do. And I just, you know, I just, well, it just kind of goes back to this. Not all these kids are cookie cutters. I'm like, are you kidding me? When I'm in primary, I can't set for three hours. How in the world can you have these kids set for three hours of church? So I come up with fun ideas. And so I always have fun. Like I absolutely adore children. I love teaching kids. And I, I do feel because I was in primary for almost 16 years, when they released me, I kind of felt sad. Like I had this kind of sense of loss because I had been teaching kids and now they've kind of brought it full circle where I'm actually teaching with my husband, Aaron, in, in, uh, in the primary. But since the world has decided the church isn't important, we're all not going to church right now, but in the, the normal day in life, I would be a primary teacher of sorts. Yes, absolutely. Well, is there anything else you want to add to this podcast? I know it's been a long podcast, but I think it's been a great discussion. Like I said, I'm going to divide it up into certain segments, and you'll be able to listen to the whole thing as well if you want to. Oh, no, that would be great. Um, No, hey, guys, just uh, tune in to Fun Facts and Trivia. 
Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to, to tune in today at four, at four o'clock. <laughs> Turn in fun fact and trivia. And if you guys have a business that you guys are struggling with, reach out to me and I'd be gl glad to give you guys a shout out. Um, Kevin, you are awesome. You are amazing. I love that you do these podcasts. And hopefully this will enlighten somebody to help them in some area of their life. And that's all I got. Absolutely. Well, we will talk to you later, folks. All right.